Well, hi. As one of our younger denizens figures out which lights should be on, welcome to Mace Way. My name's Ben, and we're just gathering in from an hour spent several different ways. So however you spent it, I hope is meaningful for you. If you just got here, I hope you spent the four to five in some way that has focused you to this time and place. In this fifth, fifth week of our series talking about prophets of old and prophets in our common life now, uh, we've got a call together this week from Cornell West. Prophetic witness consists of human acts of justice and kindness that attend to the unjust sources of human hurt and misery. Prophetic witness calls us to attention to the causes of unjustified suffering and the unnecessary social misery. It highlights personal and institutional evil, including the evil of being indifferent to personal and institutional evil. Um, so, uh, tonight, after four weeks of kind of sampling different prophets and looking at some of the strategies that Old Testament prophets and that our contemporary prophets still continue to use, we're going to spend a little more time tonight in really intentional circle conversation, thinking about, kind of riffing on a conversation we had last week, um, our response to prophets and what we do with voices that call out the uncomfortable places um, of our lack of imagination or of our buying into systems that are crushing us and our neighbors. And yeah, I think that's going to be a good conversation. But I'm going to go ahead and usher our kids upstairs, or we are together, with this community song, Open Our Eyes. We all know it by now. If you don't know it, it's real easy. Open up our ears to listen. Open up our eyes to see. I to see the understanding. Grow it up like the tallest tree. Again, open up our ears to listen. Open up our eyes to see. Plant the seed of understanding. Grow it up like the tallest tree. Great work, people. And kids are going upstairs. I think younger folks are still stories of Jesus. Middle school folks are almost all the way through the book of Amos. And Molly and I have had fun being with them the past two weeks, and they're back with their regular teacher this week. So announcement-wise, do we have more details about a Durham can? Uh-huh. So I have two announcements, um, and then Marie also has an announcement. Um, the first is, if you're on our UA social, hopefully yesterday, or if you're on social media, saw that the Wootens had their second child on Tuesday. Um, Maeve um, came into the world Tuesday night. Um, she's really sweet and very tiny. Um, yeah, you forget what six pounds looks like anyway, as our kids have grown up um, in our church. But there's a meal train for them. So if you do not have access to that, would like to bring them a meal, happy to share that with you. Um, but that has started. Meals are a really great way we show care and love in our community. So please sign up. Durham can, yes. So the press conference has been moved. 
the day. So it's now on Friday, February 14th. Come spend your Valentine's Day with me at noon, um, 12 o'clock, outside of DHA offices. We're going to be across the street. So a few things about this. Um, during CAM this week, we'll be releasing a letter, a public statement before the action. Um, this is kind of like a, basically don't say anything until Thursday. I don't, it's like, there's just a lot of, they're wanting institutions to know, just don't broadcast it on social media. We're meeting with like elected officials and DHA people throughout the week, sort of saying what letter, this letter is coming, the press conference is coming. Um, in many ways, this will be a more um, agitational can action than we've had in a while, because it has to be and holding city officials accountable and DHA accountable. So noon is the press conference. Would love to see you there. We are supposed to bring five people from every institution. I know there will be two of us, Tim and I. You might see the new dad, Tim Wooten. He said he might want out of the house at noon on Friday. <laughs> um, so if you have a flexible work schedule or just a flexible schedule and could be at DHA from noon, about noon to 12.30, um, please let me know on Friday the 14th. Um, so, yeah, that's all. And it starts at noon, but I assume it's going to be relatively brief. Noon to 12.30. To 12.30, yeah. So get there on time, yeah. and yeah, it could be like a lunchtime commitment It'll for you. It'll start on time, end on time. Yeah. You can bring your children, you have your kids, they're welcome. A lot of people from McDougal will be there and other DHA residences. Um, at the heart is holding people accountable because uh, they're now starting to say that this is why what happened at McDougal is why the bond was passed, which is completely false because McDougal Terrace and all of the worst failing DHA properties, none of them were a part of the bond. And so really it's holding, just sort of saying, hey, let's not lie about this and how um, these conditions have been awful and are continuing to get worse and we have to restructure where money is being spent um, and reprioritize who we value in this city um, because right now we are not valuing predominantly women of color and children in our city um, and so please come out it'll be clergy-led Bishop Laney, Herb Davis will be two of the primary speakers um, but yeah, noon Friday, noon to 12.30. And where is it? Across the street from DHA. Yeah, Durham Housing Authority. So it's right on Which the is street. downtown on East so Main. East Main. I think it's like East 300 Main. Uh, and we'll be in the grass. <coughs> um, if it is raining on Friday through the EUA Central, I'll send out the rain location. It'll probably be first press. All right. So there's those details. In terms of our four o'clock hour, which shifts around a little bit as we go through a six-week season, we're going to be back to our what we've made our regular rhythm on week six, which will be ending out this prophecy conversation. Um, we're going to be together at four doing station worship. I will say two things. One, and biasly, because my wife has been part of planning these things with Marie, but 
I think that those in the previous couple of seasons we have have been some of the most thoughtful pieces of every season. And also they have some, been some of the least attended portions of every season. So to you who are here tonight, I would really encourage you to think about how you're spending the four o'clock hour next week. If you're going to come, make a point to come at four because yeah, they've, they've been thus far really thoughtful ways of sort of reflecting on conversations we've had over five or six weeks together. So put that in your in your ear. Um, with that, though, I'm going to invite up Suze, who's brought a first. Oh, good. Oh, I'm sorry. Marie, go ahead. Uh, uh, Marie, um, tonight uh, we finished a really interesting three-week conversation on money, um, um, what it is, its impact on our life, um, in our lives, how we use it, how it's overwhelming, um, and um, yeah, I love the conversation. It was really great. Um, I guess after that conversation, it just reminded me how much um, this institution, um, we, we are the ones that pay for it. Um, and so, um, if you do not already, please heartily consider um, giving to this community. Um, you can do that a few ways. You can mail in money. You can mail in a check old-fashioned. Um, or you can get online at our website, at our website, um, emmausway.com. Net. 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 It is net. Okay, net. Thank you. Um, or we have uh, even more old-fashioned a bowl in the back. Um, but yeah, that's all. Just a, just a giving plug. Thank you for that giving plug. Uh, I brought Suze and Rachel Keel, who's never been with us yet. But we're so excited to have you here. And then Molly reminded me that I've just skipped right over the community prayer. And so we're going to pray this prayer in preparation for our songs of preparation, which I think are the kind of songs that invite us into a space which would explain why a prayer like this is needed, right? So you're going to get the consolation before perhaps a more desolating pair of songs to lead into our conversation tonight. So pray with me. O oh God, grant us grace, grace to never sell ourselves short, grace to risk something big for something good, and grace to remember the world is too now dangerous for anything but truth, and too small for anything but love. Amen. All the king's men 
Thanks so much, Suze and Rachel, for those songs of prep. And really, that last song was, I think, quite fitting that any prophet that we've been discussing probably would have sung and might sing, right? Because over the past four weeks, we've been looking at how prophets criticize, but in their criticism are giving space for us to grieve and to feel sad for the way that things are. And out of our grief, to say, no, actually, there's an energizing, hope-filled other way. If only you would lean in. You don't have to lean in alone, but lean in together. But, if we're being honest, right, especially after this week in our country, silence is loud, humility is so proud, and nothing feels innocent now, right? Seems pretty hard to want to lean into these alternative life-giving futures of God that prophets of old and prophets of now have on offer for us continually. And tonight we're gonna kind of look at why is it, what is it about a prophet, about ourselves, about the state of things that we are willing to listen and follow and lean into some alternative futures on offer But in the words of Joel Luber a few weeks ago at the beginning of the series, sometimes prophets speak and we just aren't ready to hear and actually follow, right? What does it look like and why are we willing to risk something big for something good with some prophets in our midst? but for others, we're just completely turned off. What does it mean within us? At what point is the world far too dangerous for us to finally be like, oh, expletive, right? The world is far too dangerous for anything but the truth, and even though this prophet is speaking something really hard and profound and uncomfortable, I have no no option but to lean in and to speak truth. And I have no option to be about anything but love. But the prophets are right divisive. Some can like cause a big rub. As three sort of examples, we kind of threw out three different prophets of old and new that depending on who you are probably depends on if you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna lean in to this alternative future or it's a little too much. Right? Prophets like Elijah of old, like Greta Thunberg, or thinking about the Parkland teens of new. These are prophets that invite us into alternative futures, into life itself, to risk something big for something good. And yet there are also three prophets that depending on who you talk to, and maybe even within this room, right? 
there's some tension or friction or a willingness to only go so far into their alternative future of God. For Elijah, he was compassionate and benevolent to the unfortunate, but was relentless in prosecution of the mighty, especially of King Ahab. I'd really encourage you to go back and read First and Second Kings if you haven't in a while. It's really juicy stuff. And many would say, though, right, that Ahab, the ruler of the northern kingdom of the day, wasn't incompetent. He wasn't a negligent ruler. He did a lot of good things for the economy. He, like, kind of kept the peace with international affairs. He strengthened the military, right? Every nation wants a strong military. He even died on the battlefield. But for Elijah, he had none of it. Because he felt that Ahab, even though some of this maybe wasn't all that bad, none of it was rooted in covenant and in the love of God and in finding stability for the kingdom for some was trampling so many of the poor. Elijah, through his words, actions, and deeds, and you really should go back and read because some of them are like, just, it's just fascinating literature, prophesied that a leader who set aside the covenant, who was willing to set aside God for the pursuit of superficial success, was a complete and utter failure. Not exactly a word some wanted to hear. For Greta, she too could be seen, right, as relentless, especially towards those who don't think climate change is real. She was simply a teen who one day had had enough and decided to walk out of school to protest to save our earth. She sparked a movement, Fridays for the Future, and yet this teenager, some people are terrified of her and what she has to say. Yet she is relentless in her prophetic voice. Just this year, this past year in 2019, she told the Economic Forum, I want you to act like this house is on fire, that our house is on fire, because it is. And then in September, she told the United Nations <laughs> Climate Summit, the eyes of all future generations are upon you, are upon all adults. And if you choose to fail us, I say we will never forgive you. Here is a teen with a prophetic truth welling up in her body, and yet for some, even for me sometimes when I hear these words, they're abrasive, right? And you think, what does it really mean to lean into the full alternative future where we do care about our earth? And then we have the prophets of Parkland, right? Teens yet again who after a shooting in their school, with a raw energy, mixed with grief and grievances, went into a nonstop social media campaign on the politicians they believed who had failed them, who had gotten into bed with the NRA rather than caring for the children. And in their brilliance, they would use and mimic some of the NRA talking points in their prophetic witness. 
They moved with a speed that stunned the nation. They refused to let our country for a long time turn its back on gun violence. They sparked a movement never again, offering an alternative future where our children aren't having to practice when a, right, a gunman comes into their school, how to duck and cover and hide in a room. And yet, their prophetic witness grates on some, feels overwhelming to others, and is an alternative future that I think we all deeply hope for, but wonder what does it mean to risk something big for something good. These three prophets are simply examples of alternative futures that sometimes can be brash, can be very straightforward, can be uncomfortable, can be speaking something into existence that we can't fully comprehend. How do we get from here to there? And they're asking us to follow. And yet they're alternative futures of life. Of a life that is full of justice and equity, of innocence in some ways being restored. There are examples, we hope, that will get you thinking tonight about what makes us, what makes you willing to open yourselves to following a particular prophetic witness, a particular alternative future of God, but also what keeps you held back. Where's the rub? We're gonna do this through circle practice once we pass the piece. Um, Dave Eford and Sally Gentry are gonna be our facilitators. And what you're gonna do once we pass the piece, I'll call you back together. And we're just gonna kind of split the room in half. So if you're on like from Elizabeth over, whenever you all come back, or even as you're passing the piece and talking, if you all would just sort of take these chairs, this front row and turn it into a circle, and then y'all be in this circle, and then kneel over, Y'all will do the same thing on this side. And the hope through circle practice is that you all will respond as you are able and as you want to these two questions. Think of a contemporary prophet or prophecy. Feel free to use your own definition. This is a Maya's way. That left you feeling more open to listening and making specific changes in your life. What comes to mind? What do you think made you more receptive to response and change? And then basically the inverse. Think of a contemporary prophet or prophecy you left you feeling closed to listening and making specific changes in your life. What comes to mind? What do you think made you less receptive to response and change? Our hope for tonight in this sharing, and there is enough time for everyone to share, is not that we're gonna have come up with a right answer, but that maybe through our sharing there might be some resonating. And we might also leave this space knowing we are not alone trying to lean into these alternative futures of God that the prophets of old and prophets of new beckon us into. few things about the circle before we pass the piece. 
Remember that this is a space not to disagree or agree, but it's a space to share and listen and really hear those within the community as we honestly name and wrestle and lean into and respond to the prophets and alternative futures of God. So we're going to quickly pass the peace, share the peace of Christ with someone you haven't seen in a while, maybe a new face in the room, and then I will call us back together and we will start these circles. While passing the peace, wants to flip the chairs. That'd be great. All right, peace of Christ be with you. It seemed like, um, oh, just like, as long as they're facing the general direction, we're fine. Um, it seemed like from the two circles and from our circle and from what um, I heard a little bit of the other, that there was, yeah, just some honest, really personal, authentic sharing in the circle. And so we wanted to give space um, for you all to reflect in a word or two, yes, in a word or two, um, what's coming up for you from your sharing and listening and your circle? It's very personal. Very personal? Following a prophet or not? Others? Often comes from humility. Often it's not irrational, but it goes, it goes beyond rational. Yeah, often comes from humility, being willing to follow. It's not irrational, but goes beyond rational. Yeah, I think that's, thanks, Jim. Vulnerable, yeah. It's vulnerable living into alternative futures, isn't it? Not being afraid. Not being afraid. Think about um, the world not being ready for somebody, and even when you said that before, you know, I think we all think in terms of within our lifetime, but there are prophetic voices that haven't been listened to in hundreds of years, yeah. that people, thoughts and ideas that were being said. Mm -hmm. It's like, what prophetic voices do we need to remember and love them too. Thanks. Others, what's a word or two that's coming up for you from your sharing and listening in circle? Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. Oh dear goodness. You get more than two words. So could you give, put that in a sentence? <laughs> Just like... <laughs> there, was, there was a stretch of our circle that was... Uh, responding to the, yeah, what the, we don't resonate with. Yeah. The prophets of the prophetic voices that we don't, don't resonate with. with. Yeah. And if a prophet speaks what the future may be, wow. then that's a prophet that Oof. we willingly ignore and we yeah. have within that world. Yeah. Others. I think one thing um, 
that really resonated within me uh, is when someone was sharing about how um, just an experience of recognizing, and I think this ties into Rush, like what you all were saying, but um, so much of the prophets, multiple people said this, is hearing different prophetic voices and I think trusting your inner being and your inner knowing and the Holy Spirit and God at work within you to discern what's worth risking, right? Where is the invitation for their risk? And what really is a false prophet and not true? And I think um, sometimes that can be overwhelming to do if you put all that pressure on yourself or think, oh gosh, I have to figure out all of this on my own. But the brilliant thing about prophets is they know that we don't live life in isolation but in community, right? And so we get to have circles like this talking about when we are open and when we have been closed and we get to create space of truth-telling and knowing and reminding of the alternative futures of God we are already a part of and of the ones perhaps we've forgotten. But that, yeah, it's a journey that we don't walk on alone. And I sometimes wonder if um, prophets of old and prophets of new, how might things look differently if we stopped thinking about prophecy in such isolation and individualization, but really leaned on one another to lean into these alternative futures? So we are going to pray again our community prayer by William Sloan Coffin, who is pastor of Riverside Church for a long, for a significant amount of time. And I think why I love this prayer and why I like it as a community prayer is that we have to do this work together. So let us pray. Oh God, grant us Grace to risk something big for something good. The world is now too dangerous for anything but truth. Susan, Rachel. Our confession this evening is don't let the sun go down on me. And I think think we can hold it sort of as a, a prayer for illumination. Um, I think many of us are still waiting for that voice that's going to speak to us and tell us the thing that sticks. Seem to fade to black and 
took a chance and changed your way of life. But you misread my meaning when I met you.
As I was listening in my circle, I was just thinking of all the very good reasons we have to be bad, to be closed, to be less open than we might be, to be more closed than we want to be. We have been so misshapen, crushed down to be bad receptacles for what would make us more whole and stretched to be conduits for things that would hollow us out and make us empty. So I think we could ask, in thinking about open and closed, where are the spaces where I could still be reshaped and opened into something that was ready to be used and to be invited? And where are the spaces that are big enough to hold all the perverse ways that I have been misshapen and stretched and closed. And here is one. Where a God of all spaciousness who crossed heaven and earth to open new ways and to close us from ways that were killing us and that we were killing each other with, a table that that God has set in our midst in the space between us to say, bring all that is closed and find ways to be more open to God and each other together. Shake off, give thanks, break ground from a space like this where a God like that has entered and still is entering in. If you're new to Emmaus Way, we say this table is open by no accident and by every intention. Anyone who finds himself with us or ever would is welcome at this table, at God's table. And we gesture towards that by serving each other uh, juice in the more green pitchers and wine in the less green pitchers and bread and gluten-free crackers. And we share with each other breaking bread 
and pouring juice and wine, saying, the blood and the body of Christ, the love and the light of Christ, here present for us as surely as I offer it to you. So please come to this table and you are welcome. However opened or closed you find yourself tonight. Welcome to the table. <laughs> 